Okay, let's go. You ready? It's a minute before 3 o'clock, Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. Friday afternoon. Glad you are with us. We're going to have fun this hour. If there is an event uh, that that I look at as a must-be-at event every year, it's the event that's coming up uh, two weeks from last night. Is that right? Thursday, March 3rd at uh, Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. This is the annual Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event where pastors, in the in the past it's been everybody from Hugh Hewitt to Alistair Begg to Robert Jeffress this year, Jack Hibbs is going to be the Gentile. But the fixed point in this event every year is Dennis Prager, who comes, and the exchange is always fascinating, always enlightening, and I think even more in this moment when we we live in the midst of cancel culture and we need to be reschooled on what respectful, um, informative, uh, dialogue and and even disagreement can look like because there's a lot about which Jews and Gentiles agree, and there are some not insignificant things about which we disagree. And I I love this event. I'm mentioning it because I, if you have not already gotten your tickets, you need to get your tickets before they're gone. I expect. This will be a sellout event. I'm also mentioning it because we are privileged to have in the first hour today on Southern California Live the uh, one of the participants, the Jew who will be joining Jack Hibbs that night as the Gentile, Dennis Prager, is joining us on Southern California Live. And I'm assuming that all of you know Dennis Prager from his own radio program, from his Prager University videos from his writing. He is a bright light in the middle of a dark media culture today, and uh, glad to have him joining us this afternoon and excited about the event. Dennis Prager, welcome to Southern California Live. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Well, it is a treat to, to have you here, and I, I think all of us have great respect for uh, your convictions, for how you represent yourself. In fact, I, I was thinking about this as I was thinking about uh, about time spending time with you. I, I just I pulled up, I googled Dennis Prager news just to see what's going to pop up, and what I found popping up it was something from a news organization in Georgia a few months ago that called you the creep of the week. Uh, Rolling Stone, who said you were the the biggest, and I, I don't know if I can even say this on Christian radio, they said you were the biggest jackass on media today, right? Rolling Stone. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, yeah. and I thought, I've never heard Dennis Prager speak in that tone, lower himself to that kind of discourse. You have always, even with people with whom you passionately disagree, there's a fundamental respect for the humanity of the people with whom you're engaging that keeps you from getting down in the mud there. 
Actually, you'll find this of interest. It isn't so much fundamental respect for them. It's a fundamental respect for the audience and for myself. There are people I truly do have contempt for, but if I if I go down in the mud, then I have belittled the listener or the reader, and I belittled me. <laughs> so uh, it's a very um, it's a subtle correction, so to speak. But I know you I know you appreciate it. I do. Uh, there are people un- there are people unworthy of respect, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't have to go there. But I'll, I'll tell you what—it just cracked me up when you uh, when you said you looked me up and you got that stuff. <laughs> so uh, you, you'll enjoy this. So very often people, you know, stop me at airports, at restaurants, and so on. And very and most of the time, in fact, all the time, it's very positive. And much of the time, they will just say, you know, I just, you know, my husband and I, or, or my, my kids and I, or my parents, are, and we love you. But, and then they add, ah, but you must hear that all the time. And then I said, actually, I don't. Why don't you just <laughs> Google my name? <laughs> That's all it takes. I mean, there was a, there's a lot. You are in the crosshairs. In fact, talking about cancel culture, this is something you know firsthand. You have, uh, you have been in the midst of cancel culture maybe longer than, than almost anybody I can think of. We we were, uh, we were sort of the canary in the mine. That is exactly right. Where does that stand today? Is YouTube still censoring you? It's a it's a constant battle, being shadow banned or outright banned for any given video. What they will allow us to monetize it, it's it's a constant battle. Uh, we're so uh, we're so good at what we do, and I'm not I'm not saying this to brag, just to make a point that they can't really hang us on anything. We uh, we are very direct. We very much undermine the nemesis of civilization, the left. Uh, but uh, we do so in a very sophisticated manner, and so it, 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 it's just it's almost impossible for them to to even in their world justify getting rid of us. I mean, the the great story. People can watch this, actually. My testimony in the U.S. Senate before COVID. So uh, it, the uh, there was a representative from Google there, and uh, Senator asks uh, the guy from Google, uh, why, why did you put Mr. Prager's video on the Ten Commandments on the restricted list? Again, I, I, I remind you and your listeners, is on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and the guy, without hesitating, uh, this is, you, I couldn't make this up because it's, it's so absurd, said, well, it contained the word murder. <laughs> Did I lose you? <laughs> you, don't, you just have to let that hang in the air and go... Oh, yeah. No, no, I don't. No, your silence is perfectly apt. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll love this. So when it was my turn to speak, I said, before my prepared remarks, I just want to say that now that I know the reason, 
we will reissue uh, my videos as the Nine Commandments. <laughs> we'll just drop Thou Shalt Not Murder. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Berger joining us on Southern California Live this afternoon. Have you always had this um, this backbone that that you have? I mean, or was there a turning point in your life where you just said enough is enough? Oh, I, I was born with backbone, and it was also reinforced by my father. Uh, I'm uh, the older I get, the more I realize how much people have natures, and my, my nature uh, is not to be afraid. Uh, and in part, which I think you'll appreciate, and it's, this will sound very corny, but uh, I'll risk it. If you really are animated by by God and truth, it, it, it's amazing how easy it is to speak the truth. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 C.S. Lewis talked about men without chests. You you may have heard that expression or, or his use of that, yeah, talking course, about men yeah. who lacked lacked the character and the backbone. And, and I think you're exactly right. In fact, I, I think it is, it's when we fear God that we have more courage to stand in the face of those who mock God than we otherwise would, don't you think? Well, that's it. As I say all the time, you either fear God or the New York Times. Pick, right. pick, pick with one. <laughs> I, I don't know how many of our listeners know this. You spent more than a decade teaching verse by verse through the first five books of of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the Torah. Two hundred and forty-one hours of of lecture time. This was at at uh, American Jewish University in Los Angeles to both Jews and Christians. And out of that uh, came much of the writing that you've done on the Torah. How did spending that much time in those five books uh, reshape your thinking about our current moment? Well, what it did was it reinforced in me the belief that if you understand the first five books, which uh, I, I don't think it's heretical to say are the most important books, because that's where the Ten Commandments is, that's where love God is, that's where love your neighbor is, that's where creation is, that's where Adam and Eve is. I mean, the fundamentals of Judaism and Christianity. And, and remember, of course, you know, Jesus only knew the, the Torah and the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, so I, I say that specifically, obviously, to a Christian audience. The, the, so... Those five books, which are considered by Jews uh, uh, um, the most important books of the Bible, the, the, the rest of the Bible is very important, but this is first among equals. And anyway, I'm in love with the Torah, the first five books. I'm truly, literally in love with it. And uh, what I realized, and it's why I've been working so hard on my Rational Bible series uh, of, the, of each of the five books, is that if you understand those books, you understand uh, everything that you need to understand about the world today, and, and for uh, and I think forever, but it's certainly today. I'll give it one example. Like I could obviously give dozens and dozens of examples. So uh, 
the the morons who teach our children uh, uh, at universities uh, and the people equally uh, foolish people who write our newspapers and so on, they they tell us that because the founders had slaves, uh, they are they are removed as moral authorities. And, of course, I think the founders were moral giants. I mean, just simply moral giants. I think they were inspired by God. So uh, what is my biblical answer to that? And, I, and I, this, is a, this is an answer that a secular person could understand. When God decides to destroy the world with the flood, he chooses uh, one man and his family to save Noah. And here is the verse, the actual verse. I, when I ever write quoted, I always have to go from the Hebrew, because that's how I learned it. But uh, it says, And Noah was a righteous man in his generations. So the, there's an interesting immediate question. Why doesn't it just say, Noah was a righteous man? Why in his generations? And the answer is, you must always judge people in their generations. Mm -hmm. And that is the answer to the foolishness of judging people in the past by our standards. I I think the voters in San Francisco just caught on to some of that foolishness, don't you? It's it's a very interesting question, what they have caught on to. Uh, I... I, The revolt... uh, to get political for a moment, the revolt in San Francisco uh, is one of the few truly bright moments of the last two years. Mm-hmm. That 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 uh, these people in the most left wing city in the country would throw out three members of the school board, including its head. Uh, is uh, there 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 is a possibility? I don't promise it, that the left has gone too far. Dennis Prager joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live, and I want to ask you about the event that's taking place um, in two weeks, Thursday night, March 3rd, tickets on sale. This is going to be at um, Shepherd Church at at Porter Ranch. You've done this now. I tried to dig back. How, How many of these events have there been? Six, seven of these events? Yeah, that's about right. And and, and you, you mentioned something in the introduction that I'd just like to amplify on for a moment. They all have been sold out. So the the usual, you know, advertising line, you know, get your tickets fast, they'll sell out. Every this... single one has sold out. So I just want your listeners to know. Uh, the only dilemma I have about that day is that I love Jack Hibbs so much <laughs> that <laughs> I, I, you know, there may not be enough friction for people. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to the first time that somebody came to you and said, I've got this idea for an event. Or maybe it was your idea. Was it your idea? No, it's a, I have no, I have no recollection. It's a great question. I, I, I would happily take credit for it, but I, I, I don't know. I do know this. You'll find this of interest. There was some debate on whether Ask a Jew would be offensive. 
mm-hmm. which by, it just goes to show you how sad it, our our state of expression and freedom of expression is that anybody would ask a Jew <laughs> would offend a Jew. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Jew, so you can ask me. You know, it's, it's about as legitimate a title as could exist. So, it, you know, I, I, so that was the only thing I remember from the original discussions was, gee, is that is that an okay title for Jew? Well, that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in immediately when this idea came up? Did you say I want to yeah, be there? I love it. I'll tell you. Yes, I love it because uh, there are two reasons. One, I'd much rather talk about religion than about politics. Hmm. Uh, and number two. Uh, I, uh, I'm i a very, very big fan of American Christians. Uh, the It's one of the greatest groups of people ever created, was the American Christian. And both, both the Christian and the American, but they, you need them both, because European Christians uh, have a much, uh, much more mixed the moral bag, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But the American Christian created the, this country and they created the best country for Jews to live in outside of their own country of Israel in the history of in Jewish history of 3,000 years and they made the best country for uh, for every group for Hispanics for for blacks of course I know about slavery uh, but the fact is that there were 340,000 people who were shipped in those hell ships from Africa to to uh, America? But there were there have been three million blacks from Africa and Caribbean who've come here voluntarily because they know what a blessing it is to live in this country. Mm. And of course, that's a statistic that's never cited to kids in schools. All they know is uh, slavery. They don't know how many Africans have ached to live in this country because it's it's such a terrific place. Uh, the 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 white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, the WASP, uh, uh, as I, I say this all the time, it's just a fact. This country, a lot of people have contributed to it, Catholics and Jews and, for that matter, secular people, of course. But the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant made this country. And I have no problem saying it, even though I'm not one of them. I just believe, again, as I said, in God and truth. And that's the truth. And that's why the wasp is hated. You're hated if you did something better. That's the reason for anti-Semitism. And it's the reason for anti-Americanism. And it's the reason for anti-waspism. You guys made a phenomenal place. And uh, no good deed goes unpunished. You bring up anti-Semitism, and it it does seem to me that, I I don't know if it's just uh, showing up more visibly, if it's been underground and it's starting to surface more, but I'm seeing as I'm reading Barry Weiss, as I'm reading uh, news accounts, it it does seem like um, it's, it's seeping out in our culture in a fresh way. Do you think, you think that's the case? Well, I, I don't know, frankly. Uh, the it's it's a very yes. There, there are 
there are more anti-Semitic incidents, for example, in, in New York City uh, against Hasidic Jews in particular. Uh, but um, what people don't want to talk about, because lying is now a national virtue, <laughs> is that it's overwhelmingly, uh, uh, when it's an individual attack on a Jew, it's overwhelmingly from blacks. And you can't say that. I say it because I told you God and truth are more important to me than uh, being liked on the Internet. And uh, even the ADL, which is a woke organization and has largely become worthless, acknowledged many years ago that the most anti-Semitic group in America are black Americans. Most black Americans are not anti-Semitic, but the most anti-Semitic group are blacks. So when you talk about the tax on Jews... It's pretty important to note where it's coming from. Uh, uh, likewise, uh, in Europe, the, there's a rise in anti-Semitism. It's overwhelmingly from Muslim immigrants or the children of Muslim immigrants. It's overwhelmingly not from, you know, native Frenchmen or native Germans. Uh, it's from Muslim immigrants. So, uh, but because you can't tell the truth about any minority, uh, you, or, well, I can, because I don't give a damn. Uh, when, when you're sort of protected by the truth in the long run. But people are afraid to tell the truth, and those two things are true. It's, it's blacks in the United States, overwhelmingly, and it's Muslims in Europe, overwhelmingly. Dennis Prager joining us on Southern California Live this afternoon. We're talking about the upcoming event, two weeks, uh, the, the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event that, as we said, will sell out. If you don't have tickets already, you can go to KKLA.com to order your tickets and plan to be there next, th- not next Thursday night, a week from Thursday, March 3rd, uh, to hear Dennis and Pastor Jack Hibbs in dialogue with one another, two men who respect one another greatly and who have we a lot. We love one another. <laughs> we love one another. It's worse well, and, than that. <laughs> and, and part of that is because there is such a deep shared conviction around issues of morality and righteousness and integrity and and the things that are and, and, fundamental. And love of this country. Yes, now, now, with that said, I was thinking about the fact that you know Dr. Al Mohler, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological yeah, Seminary, who got yeah. invited nine years ago to go speak at Brigham Young University at a commencement. And a lot of Southern Baptists looked and said, what are you doing going to speak to the, to the Mormons? And I, I remember Dr. Mohler in his address, he said, um, you know, there's, there's a lot about which we disagree, significant things about which we disagree. He said, I... I I don't think we'll be in in heaven together, but I think we may go to jail together. And I remember that line standing out because I thought pretty bold to be in front of a Mormon audience and say, I don't think we're going to be in heaven together. And I'm just wondering from that. Yes. So that's a good example of an area where uh, Jack Hibbs and I will will probably discuss who sort of who will be in heaven where we would differ. I, I think good Mormons go to heaven. I think good atheists go to heaven. I think uh, uh, bad Jews don't go to heaven. Good Jews go to heaven, of course, uh, because that's that's my belief and my, my Jewish belief that God sends to heaven and to and to punishment based on behavior, mm. not theology. So that that's an that's you know a, a difference that we'll have. 
but it, it, of course, in the final analysis, what matters is uh, how you treat me on Earth, not where you think I will be uh, after Earth. So that's anyway. I'm just giving an example of where, where an area where we might differ. And and where you can differ and disagree and do it respectfully, and that's one of the things I appreciate about the event, that two people who love and respect one another can say, you know, this is an area and a not insignificant yes. one where we right, disagree, exactly. but we can still we can still sup together. We can still sit down and break bread, right? And hug. <laughs> I'm getting the picture, okay? It's coming in clear. Listen, let me tell you something. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm betraying a confidence. Jack Hibb sends me a Shabbat Shalom message by text every Friday. <laughs> and that's great respect that, and, and great admiration and great love for one another. That's right. And, that's and, exactly right. That's, that's what I, that's, I, that was my proof text. I'm just wondering if in these dialogues or in your ongoing interaction with many, many evangelical Christians with whom you share so much, have you ever gone home and said, you know, I might need to rethink what they believe about Jesus? Listen, I, I'm asked that totally, uh, totally um, logically and all the time. I think if I if I live long enough, I'll write a book. A short, it'll be a, it won't be a big tome, but a, a book on why I you know ultimately, obviously, stayed a Jew and did not become a Christian. Of course, many Christians believe you could stay a Jew and just and still affirm Christ, and there are Jews who do that, and I know that. Uh, but it's it. it what what I rethink, and but I I did this rethinking so long ago. It's no longer in the realm of rethinking. Is as a kid growing up in an Orthodox Jewish home, and really living in an Orthodox Jewish cocoon, never meeting. Uh, I, I I never met secular Jews, let alone non-Jews, let, let alone Christians, as you know when I was young. So I I didn't I didn't know what made Christians tick. I didn't understand it. And what I did rethink was any any sense of you know, we got it clearer or whatever. I I, I just came to adore Christians and you have to understand I, I don't assess I don't ask the question what religion is true. Uh and because it's rooted in faith, so they're not identical truth and faith. What I ask, my definition of true religion is, does your religion produce a God-centered, good human being? If it does, then it's a true religion, because God wants us to be good. And so that's... that's I, and I would have to reassess that fundamental belief that God is more preoccupied with goodness than anything else for me to abandon my current theology. Mm-hmm. But that's the fundamental belief of my life. God wants us to be good. 
Dennis, it's been a privilege, really a great honor that you would take the time and join us this afternoon on Southern California Live. I have loved the conversation. It's a little bit of a taste of some of the dialogue that will happen with you and Jack in in two weeks at the church, and I hope our listeners will get their tickets and plan to be with you. Thank you for taking the time and joining us. And uh, uh, can I give you an early Shabbat Shalom? <laughs> It's the perfect time to do it, a few hours before. God bless you. you. Bless you as well. Thank you. Dennis Berger joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live here on KKLA. Fascinating to have that conversation. And and I think and hope that there can be meaningful, helpful, important conversations for all of us to have like that with people who don't see things the way we see them. We're going to talk more about this after we take a time out. We've kind of gone long, but we had the opportunity to do that with Dennis. I wanted to do that. So quick break. We'll be back and would love to have your phone calls at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557, as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ, Friday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine. What a joy to uh, get a chance to have a conversation with Dennis Prager. And uh, looking forward to the event two weeks from last night, Thursday, March 3rd, at uh, Shepherd's Church in Porter Ranch. Uh, Dennis Prager, Jack Hibbs, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. Have, if, I don't know if you've been to any of these events in past years. Uh, if you have, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, 888-52-TALKS is the number. We've got open lines between now and uh, the top of the hour. So 888-528-5227. I'm also curious if you had an opportunity, maybe you have had an opportunity recently, to sit down with somebody who grew up Jewish, who who did re-examine Jesus and who came to conclude that ultimately the central issue is something other than a person's relative goodness, but that the central issue is is uh, what you what you believe is true about God and about His Son. And m- maybe some of you, maybe some of you listening, grew up Jewish and have come to see Yeshua as Hamashiach, the, Jesus as the Messiah. Love to have your calls this afternoon at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-5227. Uh, if, if you were having the conversation with a Jewish friend, what would be the question you would ask? How would you respectfully open a door to a gospel conversation with that person. I remember talking with someone who was an ex-Mormon, someone who had left the Mormon church and had converted to Christianity. And I asked that person, because this was somebody who had done his two years of missionary service. He'd gone door to door. He had been proselytizing for the Mormon church. And I asked him, was there anything anybody ever said to you? He said, most people you know, found out you were a Mormon, they they would be maybe polite or maybe they'd just shut the door. You didn't make a whole lot of headway, but some people would listen. 
said some Christians would talk to you. I said, uh, what typically did that sound like? And he said, well, most of the time it, it was arguing or debate. But he said there was this one time where somebody said, I'm just curious. I, I think the differentiation between Mormons and evangelical Christians is around the issue of grace and what you believe about grace. He said, I, I'm just wondering, do you believe that we are saved by grace, by God's good act of grace, or do you believe we're saved by grace plus something else? And this this Mormon who became a Christian said, I went back to my hotel room that night and laid awake all night thinking about grace. And he said it was the beginning of my my transition. And I thought, maybe that's where uh, conversations need to go when we have the opportunity with people who don't share our Christian faith to to ask a question about grace. Maybe maybe Jack and and Dennis can get into that next week, at, or not next week, week after next, March third at uh, Shepherd's Church in Porter Ranch. And again, I hope you're planning to go. Tickets available. Go to the website kkla.com. Find out how you can attend. Meanwhile, we're going to go to the phones at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. J.R. is on the line with us from Burbank. J.R., thanks for calling this afternoon. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I just wanted to ask for prayer because I actually i am a, a middle school teacher, and I'm working at an Orthodox Jewish school hmm. uh, with girls, and it's quite challenging. Um, I have been asked in one period... I have uh, told them that I was a Christian, and ever since then, the behavior in one of my periods has been uh, pretty poor. Um, but I, they did ask me a couple questions, and I tried to answer as best I could with the, you know, without getting fired. But they, one of them asked me, "What's Easter?" And I told them that's when Jesus died and rose from the dead. And one of the girls said. I don't think we're supposed to talk about this. And I said, okay, then well, let's not talk about it. And then another girl said, do you believe that? And I said, yes, I do. And then I, that was the end of that. But I did get told by my principal, who's extremely kind. And she said, please don't talk about religion because I don't want to get in trouble. And so I said, okay. And so since then, they haven't asked me. So I don't know if they were told, but I would appreciate if anyone's listening, if you would pray for me because um. Actually, I was a public school teacher, but I took a leave of absence due to the vaccine mandate, and I was given a position at a private Orthodox Jewish school. I would appreciate any prayer from anyone that's out there. Jr., I want to pray for you. What's your subject matter that you teach in middle school? I'm teaching English. Wow. And I'm, a, I'm really a second grade, second grade public school okay. teacher. Second grade. Okay. So you're, you're dealing... I'm teaching, I'm teaching middle school English. Okay, so you, so basically you've you've been doing second grade for years. Now you're in yeah. with with a bunch of twelve and thirteen year olds, and you're talking about yeah. some pretty significant stuff. When you're teaching literature, when you're teaching English, yeah. you're getting into all kinds of ideas about the human condition, aren't you? Yes, that's right. That's right. And 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 they 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 they're curious, and they don't know a lot. Um, and sometimes they're also hesitant and be judgmental. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a challenge. 
Well, Lord Jesus, we want to come to you on behalf of JR and and join together as a radio audience and just say, would you give her wisdom and shrewdness and protect her in the job that she's in, help her know uh, how how to speak wisely and shrewdly, how to be like Daniel was in a, a foreign environment, a foreign culture where uh, she can stand for you without uh, without putting her job in jeopardy and uh, w- without it becoming disruptive to, to the school. And I pray that uh, just the seeds that she's planting, just the innocent seed of, of saying to young girls that, yes, I, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, I pray that those kinds of seeds would sprout in the hearts of some of these young girls and that there might be uh, young girls who would come to faith as a result of JR's witness, her testimony, and what she's sharing. Be with her, give her, protect her by your grace, we pray, and give her great wisdom and discernment for the issues she's facing every day. We ask it in your son's name. Amen. Uh, JR, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for calling. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, 888-52-TALKS is our number here on Southern California Live. If you'd like to join us, love to talk with you about uh, how you interact with or how you engage with people who have different viewpoints than you do on on spiritual matters. It's one thing when we don't agree on politics or masks or vaccines or all of the number of issues, that's that's one level of dialogue. But when we start to get into what do we believe about God and about man and about heaven and eternity, these are the significant issues. They're much more significant than masks and mandates. How do we engage winsomely with others in those conversations? We'll talk more about that. Love to hear your phone calls at 888-52-TALKS. John, hang on. We'll come to you after we take this time out as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for joining us on the Friday afternoon edition. Dennis Prager joined us earlier this hour. We were talking about the uh, event that's taking place a week from, actually two weeks from last night, the Thursday, March 3rd, Shepherd's Church in Porter Ranch. And um, it, it's going to be a great night. Ask a Jew, ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager and Dr. Jack Hibbs. Uh, get your tickets if you haven't already gotten them. This will sell out as the others have, I would imagine. Uh, We're also taking your calls about interaction with people who don't share your faith. How do we do that respectfully? How do we do that in a winsome way? John is on the line with us from Sherman Oaks this afternoon. John, thanks for calling in on Southern California Live. Hi, Bob. Can you hear me fine? I can. Go ahead. Thank you. Hi. Um, I just can absolutely sympathize with that last caller, that teacher. I myself am a teacher in uh, the public school system, and, uh, it, man, it's a rough time to be a, a teacher out there right now. Do you um, find so yourself in your environment? Do, do you find yourself in your environment having to, uh, uh, to be very careful about what you say and what you don't say about your faith? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're very restricted. Um, in uh, obviously in, in, in the school system, um, when I speak to my students, especially, you know, I have to be very, very careful with uh, my words that I choose, um, and um, you know, that's that's always that's always been a concern. 
Um, but uh, it's also, you know, very uh, uh, encouraging when I do um, bump into students, when I have students that are Christians, and uh, uh, I, I admire them so much that, um, you know, that they can uh, hold on to their faith uh, despite what we're living through right now. Have you ever thought that maybe your job was in danger because of what you believe? Uh, you know, Bob, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I, I really, I can honestly say that I, um, I became a true uh, follower of Christ, a, a, a true born-again Christian uh, during the pandemic two years ago. Before that, um, oh. I had not. Uh, I was just basically living a, a, a religious, traditional life of, of uh, fake Christianity. But, uh, you know, when, when I truly came to the Lord with my heart and a repentant heart, uh, my eyes opened to so many things. It was just amazing. And, and suddenly it's like I, I saw these things that I'd been living under, and uh, one of those things that I just that that became a realization to me was, man, you know, this is dangerous. And uh, you know, the things that uh, that we're being asked to do, the the things that we're being asked to submit to, what would happen if you know I voiced my uh, my concerns? And uh, you know, you, you can be looked at as uh, someone who is, uh, uh, you know, someone who is un- uncooperative. And 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 yes, now I'm beginning to actually. Um, have fear of that, that um, sometime down the road, uh, um, you know, we, our, our jobs can be in danger because of what we're being asked to submit to or in the philosophies of this world that are um, very dangerous to Christianity. John, I'm fascinated by your story. What happened at the beginning of the pandemic that caused you to reevaluate where you were with God? Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I... I was just, you know, doing what I always do. I've been teaching for about 30 years. Um, thoughts started popping into my brain. It was, it was so, it's difficult to explain because it just, it's, it's as if somebody or something was just injecting these thoughts into my mind. Okay, you know, what's going to happen to your eight-year-old daughter? She's growing up, and uh, what philosophy are you going to teach her? What, how is she going to grow up? Are you just going to teach her to be a moral person? But... You know, what about God? Does, you know, uh, do you really, do you really uh, believe in God, or is this the end? I was, you know, I, I'd been really, had been getting caught up with the beliefs of this world. I was accepting uh, evolution and just a very humanistic perspective of, of, of life. And, and, and then I, there were, I spent entire nights unable to go to sleep because I was so concerned about my daughter. And, and about her future and, and, and her eternity, and, and, and it, I just couldn't go to sleep. And then I started, just started seeing, but God, I, I know that it was God. He was putting, he started putting people of God in my, in, 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 in my way, uh, you know, whether it be through YouTube videos. And, and then I, I, I just came to the realization within just days that I was wrong. I am not good. I am not good. I was, I was so caught up with a self-righteous life, and uh, I just knew that I was wrong, and uh, I had to repent. And, and I felt the burden of sin so heavy in my heart, and uh, uh, it, was my, it was my daughter's future, really, that, that really motivated me. And, uh, and then when I really felt God's forgiveness, and I really felt 
you know, that huge difference in my life. I, I really felt for the first time in my life that my, my, my sinful heart uh, had to render itself to, to, to the mercy of God. Man, that made the difference. And, wow. uh, and, and that was less than about a year and a half ago now. And he and God has helped me so much to uh, guide my daughter. She's only eight, but she's been like a sponge to the things of God. Mm. And uh, uh, it's, it's been amazing because out of her own heart, she's been, you know, asking so much about the Lord. And uh, we have nightly devotions every single night um, uh, about uh, Bible studies and, and, uh, and just basic principles about um, about Christianity, and the Lord has opened our, the door to a, a, a real Bible-believing church, and uh, we've been attending there now. And she's right here with me, she's listening. We listen to uh, um, <laughs> this radio station every day on the way to work and to school. And, What's your daughter's um, name? But it's... Uh... Hello, my name is Natalie Reyes. Hello, Natalie. How are you? It's such a delight to talk to you. Thank you. So, um, I'm so, doing excellent. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm just curious about this time that you and your dad are spending talking about the Bible and talking about God. It's been going very well. Um, and we have like nightly devotions, and I really enjoy them. <laughs> do you have Do you have a lot of questions about the Bible and about God? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I have a lot of questions about God and the Bible, too, and, and I've learned a lot over the years, but I still have a lot of questions. That's a part of life, is this we just keep trying to look for answers to the questions, and if we, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you seek the answers, you will find them if you seek with all your heart, and, and so you keep seeking with all your heart, and thank you for calling in and for being on the program with me today. It's such a joy to talk to you. Bob, you know, before I let you go, just real quick, um, you know, one of the things that motivated me to call you is that, you know, I, I, I can totally appreciate, you know, this whole um, topic that you're discussing right now. How do we, you know, talk to people who, you know, have different faiths and so forth? And with Dennis Prager, you know, when he when he mentioned that, you know, for him, true religion is based on the goodness of man, Man, that's what was killing me right there, because that's the lie that I had been living all my life. You know, this this idea of self-righteousness and, and uh, this, this just phony cloak of Christianity um, that, you know, I was okay. I was okay, and I had really not repented. It's not until I realized that I was just a wretched sinner, completely, completely off-target, when it comes to the things of God, that nothing good in me that really made the difference. So, you know, I hope that, you know, that Dennis understands this, that that is, this is really the essence of what makes us different. From yeah, and John, I, I, hate, I hate to jump in, cause, but we're up against a break here. You and I have a lot in common when it comes to, to that turning point between self-righteousness and recognizing that we are we're hopeless apart from Christ. Thanks to all of you who've called in. Thanks to Dennis Prager. Uh, stick around. Hour two of Southern California Live continues on the Friday edition in just a minute. 